Warning, the following contains audio of two good friends attempting to discuss music with no qualifications whatsoever. No one asked for this, but you're going to get it. There will be shitty hot takes, terrible opinions, and impressions done poorly. Listener discretion is advised. Howdy, friends. It is another chilly day here in Davenport, Iowa. We are under the cozy limelight of the Brood Book. It's another time, another edition for music, Maria. And also Drake. Yay! <laughs> I said that with as much enthusiasm as I could muster. But I'm very happy to be here. We have ourselves some drinks. I have a cold beverage and a s'mores brownie. Two conflicting flavor profiles, such as the chaos of my life. But, how are you? I'm good. I'm, ex- I'm excited to get started here so I can wake up a little bit. As I told you before we got here, I like ended work a little early so i went home and i just kind of crashed i ate some thanksgiving leftovers so uh yeah i think i'll get warmed up here soon but how are you doing doing all right i'm also here a working person of society we are here we are live we're doing great i just need caffeine i feel like to function regardless of smoothie times hence is my crippling addiction but happy to be here happy to chat about some music we're still on our journey to the end of 2000. 23 almost forgot what year it was (laughs) great (laughs) and yeah we are going forward with your ranking and my not ranking (laughs) of things so yeah we love that i think yeah i don't really have any mini games today we're just riding the wave um as i told jake off the record all of my notes conspicuously got deleted for this episode because usually as you listen to this podcast as i'm sure you know we like to have notes to talk about things but i have listened to this album at length a good three times over. So I feel like I I have enough content to just go by the seat of my pants. And yeah, I'll let you go first, though, okay. if you're cool with that. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, we're going to be pretty similar today because I uh, this is one of these random days where I just didn't write anything down. I was just going to go off memory alone. I did have a good time with the album, though. Did you want to tell them what album you gave me, though? Absolutely. It's an album I've been meaning to give you for a while. We've referenced it quite a bit on this podcast from our bonus episode with my friend Lilo to a couple of other episodes where I've referenced this album. It's great. It's from T-Pain, Mr. Teddy Payne himself. He is doing an album this year called On Top of the Covers, where it's him just doing some covers of some well-known iconic songs, and they are fantastic, but you don't need me to tell you that. You're, you're not here for that. So if you want to take it away, let, it, let the people know. Yeah, let's do it. I'll take it away. I will say right out of the gate, because we talked about, I don't remember how this came up, and I remember referencing being blown away by T-Pain and his voice whenever I heard the song War Pigs or the cover of War Pigs uh, the first time around. And uh, I think on this whole album, because when I think of the word autotune and what it means, I always think of T-Pain first because he was just prominent. And when that first started, I'm not sure if he was the first guy to do it. Probably not. But his vocals and his singing on this album are just superb and it's just ridiculous because it's like so many different styles he goes through i'll go through it more at length here but that was like my immediate impression is just how good like he's he's both a good singer and a good vocalist which i think are two separate things i think you can be a, a really good singer and not that good of a vocalist and then vice versa too the example i use all the time is james hetfield i do not think he's a good singer but I think he is, he's, he's a fine singer, but I think he's just an amazing vocalist and it covers a lot of, I guess, his deficiencies for lack of a better term. But 
either way it is a uh it's a brief album 32 minutes i want to say that's probably the shortest one you've given me to this point but it is a covers album too so it makes sense you don't want to have too many covers because then it loses its value at the end of the day so yeah the very first track did you have something to give i was just gonna make a really shitty joke that like if you have too many covers then you get too warm you can't have too many covers <laughs> no no gotta have a an a- adequate amount of covers otherwise it's just too hot you gotta kick off the covers but just the perfect amount of covers that's what t-pain accomplished here you're you're cozy but you're not too hot <laughs> continue <laughs> that's perfect i'm glad you interjected with that <laughs> um especially in my apartment my apartment's so hot i don't need as many covers so either way <laughs> a change is gonna come as the very first track on the album i thought this would be fun too because i i knew three tracks already like who the covers were of um i'm sure you can get actually uh, that'd be fun which songs did you think i knew going into it which songs i thought you didn't know or which songs i thought you did know didn't know okay oh fuck put me on the spot <laughs> i gotta pull up the track list here hold on because i'm i'm generally aware of what the songs are on this album but let me just give a gander real quick so the ones i thought you definitely would know would be like don't stop believing stay with me war pigs and maybe that's life but those are the ones that i would just assume off the top of my head yeah yeah you got three of them right i knew uh of course war pigs and don't stop believing and i knew that's life too because um mark tremonti did that frank sinatra cover album and that's how i uh figured that one out of course i've heard that song in the past before too it's a pretty popular one but i did not know um stay with me maybe i did i don't know (laughs) there's some songs it just i didn't recognize it so but there's a lot of songs like that for me where i'll hear it or I, i don't know it by the name and it is what it is but yes the first song is so I figured this would be fun going through it because I didn't know a lot of the songs. Uh, the first song, A Change Is Gonna Come, is a cover of Sam Cooke's 1964 song of the same name. Which that's crazy. I didn't know that song was so long ago, honestly. Because it is very uh, smooth and modern sounding. I'm not sure. Maybe that's just the T-Pain effect on top of it as compared to the other, like the original track. But um, yeah, I thought that was a good start to the album. It was nice, like eased you into it a little bit. Like it wasn't... Because I think we'll get to it, but like War Pigs is the last song. And I think that's a good one to end off of. Because if he, he just threw me into the deep end with War Pigs, one, I would probably be bored with the rest of the album because that's that's my style of music at the end of the day. Not so much bored, but like you said with The Wisp of the Atlantic, when that one started out, it was like too much at once. And then like the rest of the songs, they were still good, but you were a little like worn out. But yeah, I thought that was a nice little easy intro into the album. Don't Stop Believing was a really nice cover. And I, I do. I do enjoy some journey. I saw them at the mark a year ago at this point. Some to that effect. Before the people who are in the Quad Cities might listen to this, you mean <laughs> vibrant arena, <laughs> tax slayer arena. <laughs> you know what? It's the mark. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I just wanted to be a contrarian real quick because I've heard people be shitty for no reason. They're just like, you mean this? I'm like, no, you know what I mean. Yeah, Shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> it is the mark no matter how many times they change their name in like as long as we both lived here jesus christ that's all continue (laughs) no that's okay i mean not to get off on that whole tangent but i've never had someone go the other way with it where they or correct you for not saying the mark usually it's the other way around and i'm like when i came here it was the tax slayer center so that's my immediate instinct it's like oh tax slayer center even though that is probably the worst name that it's had to this point but Either way, Don't Stop Believing is uh, 
Very nice. I, I'd like to see him do other journey covers too. Like I, I know this is probably like a one-off type of a thing, but I did enjoy this one a lot. And like Journey has a lot of good songs, like Wheel in the Sky, Separate Ways, Blanking on, off the top of my head. <laughs> I got that sentence out. Um, You're blanketing on the covers. Ah, I'm terrible. I'm leaving now. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Yeah, and then after that is sharing the night together. Oh, I forgot to mention, Don't Stop Believing is a 1981 song from Journey. I wanted to add the year, because they all have years here, which is really nice. Sharing the Night Together is a cover of Arthur Alexander's 1976 song, which I don't know who that is. Country soul songwriter, according to Wikipedia. And Sam Cooke, to go backwards, is another soul artist. Okay. Yeah, I don't... I remember liking the song. I don't have a huge memory of it. But, I mean, everything was good on the album, so... The next song, which made me laugh because the name was, uh, maybe, what, what does this word mean? Is Scrangs? What, what is that? It's just a crunk way to say strings. Scrangs. <laughs> and, you know, T-Pain be getting crunk, so he just wants you to know, we got Scrangs. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that is great. That's a, that's a slang I'm on board with. <laughs> Not Riz or anything like that. I do enjoy Scrangs. That's fun. Oh, I said, don't worry. We're going to get to the Riz here soon. Because I already warned you it was coming. Yeah, so, oh, okay. yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I just remembered what she's talking about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the song title, it's like the first part, not the part in parentheses makes me laugh, but then also in K major sus is really funny. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not usually a big fan of like comedy in music because I have plenty of other outlets to find comedy. I enjoy music for like to feel things, but, um, the K major sus guy. Me, I don't know why. I'm pretty sure K major isn't even a, a major either. No, I don't think so. But I think that's great, and I'm glad that you find that funny because T Pain, he has his own Twitch channel, and he goes on Twitch pretty regularly, just talking about like production and music and stuff like that, which is really cool. But he also takes himself super unseriously. He's like the most unserious man, which is great because like when people are so good at what they do, in terms of like. Being a, a vocalist or being a singer or being a producer, you think, you know, like they hold themselves to a pretty high standard. Like, I'm good at what I do. Like Dr. Dre, he's great at what he does. He's a very serious man. Like, that's just what we expect. But T-Pain, he's also great at what he does. And he just goes on Twitch and he's like, hey guys, I thought this would be funny. <laughs> and I just love that for him. He's such a likable guy. It blows my mind how there was a time where he felt so disliked in the music industry. And it just breaks my heart because he seems like such a fun, wonderful person. Yeah, That's he all. does seem like a good guy, uh, from what I can tell. But I actually really enjoyed that song, too. Uh, it's the only uh, original, it looks like, on the album. Because it just says it's an, it's an instrumental track. I think if we've learned anything about me through this podcast, I like intros and interludes and stuff of that nature. I thought this was a really good one. It was just a nice breath. Like, I like, uh, like right in the middle of the album is where he put it. And I think that's a good spot for that type of track. So I thought it was good. Uh, Stay With Me, I remember enjoying, but I don't have much exact memory of it. Uh, it's a cover of Sam Smith's 2014 song, which is the most recent track on this. Why does Sam Smith sound familiar? He looks familiar. Would do, why would I know this person? He was pretty popping on Top 40 Radio. Like His songs were used everywhere. He was on the radio a million and two times. He was one of those songs that got played to death back in 2014. And so that's why I assumed that you known it, because it was just everywhere it was inescapable at the time that's the song he kind of blew up with so i my assumption but he's also like very poppy so if pop isn't your jam 
I'd understand why it's not really something on your radar. I don't mind pop if it's done well, but it's usually not done well, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's that's one thing about me that like people are like, you've heard this song, right? And I'm like, no, I haven't. I know a lot about music, but it's what I like. I know a lot about that, but I just don't really get with the popular music and I don't know what anything is. That's why I don't like Taylor Swift in my goddamn football games. I said, I'm tired of these kids, their TikToks, their audios, yeah. <laughs> all these random celebrities showing up in my football games. Like, hey, we were talking about that over Thanksgiving dinner uh, as we're recording. This is the day after Thanksgiving. How you were like, I don't get how all these celebrities just come to football games and they're like, hey, so-and-so is here and you just do not care. Could not care less. It's not even a care level. I just don't know who these people are. At the end of the day, like they're like, oh, this guy from that. And I'm like, what? From where? Yeah. And just not to blow the lead on our outro or anything, but I remember they showed a whole bunch of white men on the screen for the football game that we were watching. And he went, which one of these is Jack Harlow? <laughs> so fantastic work here. And for added picture on that whole thing, it was Rob Gronkowski with a bunch of like 12 year olds. They were just playing football on the sideline. So <laughs> I feel like that's important to that joke. Um, but after that is uh, Tennessee Whiskey, which is a David Allen Coe song. Wow. I do know that person. Okay. There's a really offensive outlaw country artist. I don't think it's him, but the name sounds familiar. I feel like that's not being very specific. <laughs> which one of these white men has been offensive in country music? Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. Just know the the net is wide. But this guy is very noticeable. Like, it's very over the top how offensive he is to the black community. Uh, he will say words that are slurs. So Well, that's not great. I can think of several. That's unfortunate yeah. in the country music scene that have been accused of such. But none that I can think of that have three names. Yeah. The people that I'm thinking of only, at least for their stage names, whatever have you, have just a first and a last name. But that's another episode for another time. My gut tells me it's definitely not this person, though, because I don't feel like T-Pain... <laughs> would have done a song by that person that i'm thinking of so go ahead i'm just gonna completely obliterate my search history by re by googling racist country singers <laughs> that sounds good get back to me on that um that song was actually really good though i it, that one was because i listened to these albums three times over that song really grabbed me on the final listening because there was just something about the lyrics and like how we sung it and it was just it was nice it was one of those tracks where you know they were talking about love and being with other women and stuff and it wasn't too grotesque i felt like so i thought they did a good job with it and like just the comparison to alcohol was kind of funny in general too for me so in my search oh no <laughs> there's a, an article on last time sim called the most racist song in the world and it is by david alico oh my goodness i don't know what the context is i don't know why this is on there but we will continue to look into this that is a riveting scoop oh i don't know what pandora's box i just opened with this memory of mine but <laughs> um yeah moving on we'll circle back to that one i assume at some point while marie is researching over there but i did enjoy that song so hopefully that the fact that i enjoyed it doesn't come back to bite me <laughs> but the next song is that's life which apparently is written by dean k and kelly gordon but it's a frank sinatra track from 1966 which is the second oldest song on this one. The first one is the oldest song. Um, I did enjoy this one. It's kind of funny that I've heard two different Frank Sinatra That's Life covers in the past year from two people I know. It's like that meme where it's like, 
if I had a nickel every time it happened, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice, but they're both pretty good. The only thing I didn't care for was the, the outro bit where it was like real heavy on the rap where it was, it just really felt disjointed. And I actually like when covers go a little wild with it, but yeah, I just thought that felt a little out of place, but yeah. And then finally the grand finale, which I think is a very good choice is War Pigs, which is a cover of Black Sabbath, of course. I say that like everyone knows it, because I'm just the metalhead, so... <laughs> but, yeah, that was a fantastic track. I was blown away when I f- first heard that, because my brother sent it to me out of nowhere. And I was like, why? Why do I want to listen to this? Because I never really got into T-Pain. And again, anytime I've heard the name T-Pain, I attach it to Auto-Tune and not that good of a vocalist. But, dude, he just he kills it on that track. I think it's great. I think that's one of those rare covers where it is better than the actual original track, which doesn't happen a whole lot, but I thought he did that good of a job. Like, I think he does a better job than Ozzy himself does on the track. So yeah, I was very, very pleased with that. And the fact that, I mean, I'm listening to this album a day before Survivor Series tomorrow, which of course is war games and they have war pigs every year playing, which is really cool. But yeah, he did a very phenomenal job with that cover. Absolutely. I totally forgot the Survivor Series was tomorrow. So thank you for reminding me. (laughs) But also I found out the answer to our riveting question. It unfortunately is true. My man unfortunately will not beat these allegations and I will show you exactly what I mean. Um, I will direct Drake's attention to the underground album by David Allen Coe. It was released in 1982, so not even like that long ago, which is even worse. So I will direct your attention to track three. Not great. Not great at all. I was visibly shook. I was, is not great. We do not support this man. Fuck that guy. And like, what even like what even is this album i feel like even just like the other songs are the other just i'm just shook i am just the other track listings i'm like what is happening what in the unhinged mess and then even worse not that i will attribute as much of the blame for this as mr alan co here but apparently he also produced some of these songs it doesn't say which one but he produced a couple of these songs with dimebag daryl as well so I'm like, which ones? But in any case, David Allen Co. not great. So maybe T Pain was like, hey, fuck you. I'm gonna do your song better than you, yeah. buddy. Maybe that is what he did. But I, I'm actually surprised that I was right on that because I figured if anybody was gonna avoid it, it'd probably be him. But I don't know. Maybe he just enjoys the track. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I still enjoy Ice no matter what. So it happens. People still watch Harry Potter no matter what J.K. Rowling says. So I mean, maybe it's just one of those things. I'm not gonna hold it against them because I mean, <laughs> it is a good song. He did a good job on the cover. So I don't know. Uh, maybe he just cherry picked the one track that wasn't completely unhinged. Yeah, I think that would have been right too. Especially if like people don't bother to look up who the covers are from. He's just like, oh, this is almost like him retaking the song for himself like almost making that song so good that people won't associate it with the original guy i feel like that happened maybe unintentionally with the whitney houston i will always love you song because everyone always associates that song with whitney the and i everyone knows that shit but it originally was a dolly parton song so like there definitely have been cases in music where the cover has surpassed the original in popularity so imagine just that one big fuck you just being like i'm gonna make this song more poppin well i am very sorry that i remembered this i grew (laughs) i grew up in rural america so it's like this was a thing for sure people enjoyed this uh in my area i'm not 
joking at all. Uh, so I do, I was around it and I do remember it. So as soon as I saw the name, I was like, is that it? And unfortunately, I guess it was, but I would like to end it on a more not racist note. <laughs> this album was very good. Like I said at the beginning, T-Pain blew me away with his vocals on the whole album. I thought he did such a good job. I'd love to see him do a rock or like a soul type album because I think he'd do a really good job at it. Then again, I'm not familiar with his other stuff at all. So maybe he does kind of do this stuff interspersed through the rap because it's still considered a rap album on Wikipedia. So, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I will endlessly play that War Pigs cover because I think it is just so good. I think it is better than the Black Sabbath version. But yeah. I appreciate uh, you sharing it with me because I had I have been wanting to listen to this album in general on my own since I heard that War Pigs cover. So I thank you. Heck yeah, we love that for you. And also, fuck racist. Thank you for your time. <laughs> All right. So this week, for my personal number four on the year, I gave KK's Priest uh, second album, The Center Rides Again. I said this last week. Uh, reminded me so much of Iced Earth. It's a band that, like I said, is probably not going to make another album anytime soon. They haven't made one for four years. I'd be surprised if there's another one in four years, probably longer than that. So this was very nice because it just it blew me away. First track, the first single that came out, which I won't mention because I want to see what you thought of the track uh, before I mention it. But the first single on the album, just I couldn't believe it because it was one of the old vocalists of Ice Earth too, Tim Ripper Owens. But yeah, this whole project, because I wanted to research it a little bit for this episode, the guy who created it, of course, is his first name is KK. Well, his actual name is Kenneth, and his last name's Downing. Uh, and he was an original member of Judas Priest, but he left Judas Priest in 2011. Apparently, it was just a breakdown with the band members and stuff. I mean, I guess they've been going for 50 years. <laughs> Something's bound to happen. But there was actually one sad prospect to it because he wanted to reconcile with the band and be a part of the 50th anniversary show at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. And he was denied it by the band, which I thought was really sad because. He is one of the original members of Judas Priest. And then after that, he was like, all right, just time to move on. And that's how KK's Priest came to be. And if I'm being perf perfectly honest, I think both of the albums that he's done have surpassed anything Judas Priest has done. So, yeah, I'm very excited to hear what you think of The Center Rides again. Yeah, thank you so much for suggesting this to me. That's such an interesting backstory. I love hearing the context of things, especially somebody who has no knowledge of anything going into these things. So, yeah, that is very sad. I can imagine how hard that must have been for him. It's almost giving me the Metallica breakup for, like, some kind of monster, that kind of animosity and drama and things that came with that. But... With that said, I am glad that you gave this to me because it was a fun time. As I'd mentioned in the intro, because my life is a joke, <laughs> the notes that I had made for this album conspicuously got erased. And usually I like to go by like a song by song basis. That's usually like our MO here. But unfortunately, I have all but one. <laughs> so we will just go through Faith Not By Sight and see what happens. First impressions, I definitely thought that this gave me some like early Pantera vibes with just like the vocals and the guitar and everything that kind of came together for the aesthetic. You had described it last week and I thought it was really poignant that you had called it like power metal and I thought that was perfectly said because goodness I really try my best to not compare things to other things that aren't really related like I know they're not related but it's the only frame of reference that I have so I'm like oh this is kind of screamy this is like 
80s sounding type metal but i didn't want to be like this sounds like kiss because that's not correct (laughs) by any means but like that's the vibe i'm going for if that makes sense so i definitely think that sons of the centennial which is the opening track off of the center rights again was really well done in terms of setting the tone and setting what was to be expected because obviously you can look at the cover art which you can feel free to google at your leisure here friends just google kk's priest the center reds again album it is so metal it's like the stereotypical image i think of when i think of like a metal album there's like fire from hell and a flaming horse and a skeleton with a sword so heavy so cool so rock (laughs) but yeah so i think that also lends itself to the air of expectation with not really any prior knowledge of what went into this like i didn't even know that that guy was from judas priest i feel like we touched on him a little bit with the the choose your own adventure type episode so i got a general idea their vibe and what kind of entailed from that so i can definitely see where his influence is and like why he would be a founding member or an original member or whatever have you so that's really cool also tim ripper owens what a like metal name like yeah they call me ripper <laughs> like i can't even make this stuff up sometimes things like that where they lean into your expectations can be fun because obviously if they're not trying to reinvent the wheel it still makes for a good time like not everything has to be revolutionary and weird and unlike anything i've ever heard before like this has definitely been like some old albums that you've given me throughout this project that i've heard before but that leads itself almost into like a comfort type vibe where it's like okay yeah I've listened to something like this before and it's awesome man I really wish I had my notes because I was looking through it scrubbing through the songs (laughs) before we started recording as Drake had watched me do so painstakingly but for the life of me I cannot remember what song it is maybe you can help me out there was a song at like the beginning where it was like a spoken word intro but it was like a really deep voice and the reason why I wanted to bring that up, because in my note that I had previously was like, it was like the stereotypical voice of Satan. Like it was very like deep and low and like, I should have. I tried to recreate the, the Satan voice and it did not go well. <laughs> Casually dying. But I feel like you can, you get what I'm saying, right? Like there's definitely like a song that starts with that. And I remember listening to it at work today, <laughs> having my earbuds in, just making my spreadsheets. And then I'm like, Satan, is that you? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I do remember what you're talking about. I don't know what track it is off the top of my head. But yeah, that is, uh, this album is one of those things in heavy metal. It has one of those things in heavy metal where they definitely lean into the satanic aspect of it, which can either be done very well which i think they did on this album or it's very cringy and over the top which i think it's done more often than not so yeah i i'm glad they did it well because like i remember the spoken word actually kind of sounding cool but yeah it's just it's it's such a classic metal thing too to just have these real overly satanic things and that's what this is it's very classic metal power metal and yeah, it, it teeters all the time, but I thought they did a good job. For sure. Well, at least you know what I'm talking about versus you just kind of looking at me and be like, what do you mean? Satan in my metal? I don't know what you mean, <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, the one thing that was very consistent and very well done as well, I think, throughout the album per se was just like the use of guitar. I think the guitarist on these, which I believe according to Wikipedia is both KK Downing, 
AJ Mills and Tony Newton. Those are the guitarists on this album. Props to them. That was fantastic. Like the solos, the intros, just the instrumentals as a whole. That was the thing that really stood out to me over my like once, twice, three times and listening to this. It's just like that guitar is so fucking cool. And I love that for them. (laughs) I don't know if you were going to mention this, but sorry if I stepped on you, but there's a song called Reap the Whirlwind. It's the third track. You were talking about guitars. The solo on that song is just otherworldly. It's just so insane. Um, I don't know if you have any recollection of it or anything, but if anybody wants to go home and listen to that song just for the solo, I highly recommend it. I'm not a huge fan of guitar solos. I think they're just over the top and just unnecessary for the most part, but that one was just outstanding. Definitely. I almost thought that was it because the one remaining note that I do have was that my favorite guitar solo on this whole album actually wasn't that one it was from the center rides again i I enjoyed that guitar solo a lot but with the entire because i also added but all of the guitar has been good (laughs) so uh that's not to say that the one you had mentioned was not great as well like the entire project from start to finish in terms of guitar was just like fantastic 10 out of 10 so no complaints there my ending impression, yeah, that that I was left with is that, you know, heavy metal can just be what it is, and that's heavy and ripping and cool guitar solos, and that's awesome. But with that said, I did mention to you that there are some fun contrasting reviews in regards to this album. The two albums that Wikipedia has listed under this album are both completely on ends of the spectrum. One is really good, and one is just shitting on it. <laughs> which is hilarious. I'm like, which one is it? Usually I think music critics are pretty consistent. But yeah, no, this is just completely on the other ends of the spectrum. So I'll read you both. I'll let you pick. Do you want the bad one first or the good one first? Let's do the good one first. All right, we'll do the good one first. So this one is from Dom Lawson at (laughs) blabbermouth.net. And he wrote, It helps that, like its predecessor, The Sinner Rides Again is an absolutely ripping metal record with huge gleaming production and performances that crackle with the most passion and intensity. He also singled out the vocal performance of Tim Ripper Owens and his partnership with Downey takes him to new heights here. He rated it an 8 out of 5 out of 10, which is pretty solid. That is a good review, and I agree with him a lot, especially on Ripper Owens, who I think, in my opinion... Oh, he very well could be the best power metal vocalist of all time. It's just the way he does his vocals and like the layering of it. Cause there's like, usually there's like two to three layers of lyrics happening or uh, two to three layers of uh, vocals happening at one time. And it's just, it's insane. Like, I just don't know how he does it. It doesn't sound gratuitous at the same time. It's not too much vocals. Like, so yeah, I agree with that one a lot. So let's hear, let's hear the bad one. now. Before I get into the bad one, I do just want to double down on that. I think that's a great, observation because i did notice that we're like in some of these songs the vocals were layered to where like it would be kind of like a shrieky scream like a oh gosh this is going to be a terrible comparison i apologize in advance this is the only thing that comes to mind right now because i don't have my notes but like very much like a like a twisted sister kind of scream like a yeah and then we have like a low growl underneath it too where it's like oh both at the same time it's great that's a talent but now, <laughs> going into this less favorable review, this is from Jeff Barton of Classic Rock. I guess that's a magazine. Good for him. All right, so he says, and I quote, 
The Sinner Rides Again is an all-grinding desperation and lank-haired perspiration. There's no light and shade, only doom and demolition. So if you're going to get mauled by a lion, at least make it interesting. Okay, but then this is the thing that, that really got me. He went on to remark that this album is, and I quote, so one-dimensional that one begins to question the very existence of the Spider-Verse. <laughs> and he rated it two stars out of five. <laughs> what does that mean? I have no right idea what that means. Does he mean that I've never heard one-dimensional be compared to the multiverse at all? That's such a weird comparison because it's like, I don't even know what to say to that. That's a very odd comparison and a thing to say. Uh, I think he was just trying to get a cultural reference in there because that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I hate that guy because I hate when reviews are like, this is so doomy and depressing. And it's like, don't listen to it then. Like, there's tons of happy music out there. Like, that's one of the things that people talk about the DC movies, like Batman vs. Superman. It's so dark. And I'm like, yeah, it's Batman. Like, Batman's been dark for a very long time at this point. Like, I'm not really sure what's expected. I don't know. Yeah, that's just... I, I always think that that's a very odd complaint to have about it because I don't think something being dark and depressing is necessarily a bad thing to it. And I don't even think it's dark and depressing. I just think they talk about Satan a lot. Yeah, and if that's your jam, then by all means, dog, go off. Uh, also, further on in his review, he goes on to say that... K.K.'s Priest, the band specifically, just the band, not even talking about this album specifically, but he says, and I quote, they suffer from the same faults as their first album as well as this one. In Downing's eyes and ears, nothing has changed in this heavy metal world since Priest's Painkiller in 1990. They're stuck in there. So apparently he also thinks that they're stuck in 1990, which again, is that a bad thing? I feel like 90s metal is cool. Yeah. Again, not everything has to reinvent the wheel, my guy. It can just be cool. Yeah. I'm just concerned because this guy has been listening to these albums since 1990, and he's like, I hate this, and he keeps listening to the albums. And I'm like, dude, what's this guy's name? What, what do I call him? Jeff Barton? Yeah, he's stupid. Hot take right here on the pod. <laughs> Jeff Barton, Drake's got beef with you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see what else. What else has Jeff Barton written for classic rock? I just, oh, he's British. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's actually pretty kind of important. Yeah, he's the founder of Kerrang, which is the, oh. the noted music magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess. I mean, I suppose. His opinion is still his opinion. Yeah. Kerrang or not. But, yeah, it says here he specializes in covering rock music and helped popularize the new wave of British heavy metal after using the term for the first time in the May 1979 issue of Sounds. Oh, wow, so he's old. Yeah. He's very old. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. At the end of the day, he can have his opinions he seems like he's definitely more on the rock side of it which i think harms him as well uh you did mention the british heavy metal wave but <sighs> yeah rock, rock and metal are different it's hard to differentiate what they are at the end of the day but yeah i mean if he's more of a rock guy then this is definitely more on the metal leaning side so i don't know i think he's just setting himself up for failure and then complaining about it it's given like the wrestling fan who complains about Raw, but then turns into Raw every Monday. Good for Jeff Barton. I mean, if you got your opinions, my guy, go off. Yeah. Just like KK's Priest is going to keep talking about Satan. They're going to keep being gloom and doom, and we're all going to be better for it. Thank you, amen. <laughs> I did have one more question here, because this was the song that I heard first off, and it was the one that blew me away and got me so excited for the album, was uh, One More Shot at Glory. 
Uh, I was wondering if you had any thoughts or memories on that one. It's the fourth song on the album. I'm sure in another life when I had my notes, <laughs> I definitely did. Because I think that's why I take these notes. Because while I do listen to these songs and I do enjoy them, having certain facets that I enjoy from each song is what I note down in these notes. So like, if you were to ask me about that one, I can just look at my notes and be like, oh yeah, I like this song because of X, Y, and Z. But... I'm just going to issue a blanket statement for now and say I did enjoy it. Because I really enjoyed this whole thing as a piece. Like, regardless of what Jeff Barton at Classic Rock has to say, I thought it was a nifty album. So, yes. That is the answer to your question. Yes. <laughs> That's no problem. I was just curious on that one specifically. Because I, I love that track. I still think it's my favorite on the album. Um, but, yeah. Either way, I'm glad you really enjoyed it. Because this is a just a fun album. Like you said, it's not reinventing the wheel. It is just have some fun it's heavy metal it's satan let's have a good time exactly well thanks for sharing all righty friends this has been another wonderful adventure with us we've learned a lot we've been shooketh by a lot we've been properly educated on some people's opinions yeah. <laughs> are we better for that who's to say but we listen to some great music we are very excited to get back to it next week with our next batch of 2023 round-offs. Drake's being ranked. Mine will not be. And yeah, uh, going to Thanksgiving that was had between us yesterday with a couple of friends. We watched the game between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. The Detroit Lions did not win, much to our friends' dismay. <laughs> but in that... We had a fun little halftime show that I was more excited for than the actual football. And if that doesn't symbolize me, God, I don't know what does. So, with that said, the performer that was performing on halftime during that game was none other than Mr. Rizlord himself, Jack Harlow, Kentucky native, friend to many thirsty women across the country. He's a very charismatic lad, even though that maybe did not come across during that performance because it was very cold and he was wearing a parka. He was in the igloos. And with that, he did release an album this year that I thought was pretty decent. It is called Just Jackman by Jack Harlow. It's him shirtless on the cover, which, you know, know your audience, dog. I love that for him. And I hope you enjoy it because I did enjoy his first album that came out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Jackman is a fun album. I actually downloaded it on Tidal when it came out. Listened to it on an airplane once. Enjoyed it. He's fun. He's not going back to not reinventing the wheel. He's just a cool guy. That's his gimmick. He's Mr. Cool Guy with cool things to say. And that's it. And that's all you need. <laughs> all right, cool. I'm excited to uh, listen to him more in depth because I do not think the halftime performance was a good indication of who this person was, even though his pants were terrible. <laughs> Just in case anybody was wondering, his pants were literally like they had like six zippers, three on each leg or something like that. And they were literally pant length zippers. Like, I don't know what he was storing in there for the winter, but it's a very odd choice of pant. But either way, uh, I'm going to give you someone that we've talked about on the podcast before. You actually brought him up to me uh, when we were talking about Tremonti, um, the bass player. Well, uh, one of the er, former bass players was uh, Eddie Van Halen's son, Wolfgang Van Halen. And he did an album this year called uh, Mammoth 2, which is, of course, the second album in his Mammoth catalog, which he does all of the instrumentation on. He plays all the instruments, guitar, bass piano vocals 
drums, just all of it. It's so impressive. It blew me away. So yeah, I'm very excited to hear what you think of this album because one of those ones that just took me by storm, kind of like KK's Priest did, just out of nowhere. I was like, this is great. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Heck yeah. Love me a good Eddie Van Halen adjacent act. So yeah, I'm really excited. And I've seen here too that this album isn't terribly long as well. So we have ourselves some decent sounding albums going forward. Um, yeah, anything else for the people? Anything else that we want to note? Okay, sounds great. <laughs> he said, I'm good. <laughs> In the softest, like, eh, I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, well, we will, yes, we will let you go, friends, so Drake can go home and take a million naps. <laughs> we will talk with you soon, next week, live and in color here at the Brood Book. From myself and my soft-spoken lad, have a good day, have a good life. Love yourself, love the planet, and bye-bye.